Look, this is where it turns seasons, isn't it? I mean, we're going, we've just done footy season. Now it's racing season. Spring season. carnival, yep. Spring carnival starts this weekend, uh, not only with uh, the Caulfield Guineas and the Caulfield Carnival starting this weekend, but also up in Sydney with the Everest, one of the biggest races in the world. And to join us and to talk to us all about it, uh, he's from the age, he's the chief uh, horse racing uh, journalist, and that's Damien Ratcliffe. G'day, Damien. Jack and Joel, pleasure. Oh, thank you for joining us, mate. It's a pleasure for us as well to be hearing your thoughts on this. Uh, well, magnificent time where everyone loves the spring carnival, everyone loves the winter. Um, how are you preparing for it? Yeah, no, it's uh, we're straight into the deep end, as you mentioned, uh, Everest in Sydney, and then obviously Caulfield Guineas Day, three group ones at Caulfield, and uh, the Herbert Power, which is a ticket into next week's Caulfield cup and yeah great horses have been up and running for a few weeks now and uh that's wet the appetite and yeah we've got some real stars running around on saturday yes yes well what are some of the horses that we should sort of follow uh, this spring carnival not necessarily we'll, we'll, we'll close in on the the big races uh for this weekend but just just for the spring damien uh which which of the horses that are you are liking for for the spring yeah, there's a, a sprinting mare called Imperatriz who's won back-to-back races at Mooney Valley over the sprint trip, uh, both over a 1,000 metres, won the McEwen and then won the, the Group 1 Moya the other night. And, yeah, the connections of, of her have turned down a spot in Saturday's Everest. They like the fact that she loves Melbourne. They don't really want to send her up to Sydney and interrupt her preparation. So she'll be running in the Manicato Stakes over 1,200 metres again at Moody Valley. We know she loves the track and, and the Manicato is no longer on the Friday night of Cox Bay weekend. It's now actually on oh. Cox Bay day on the Saturday. Uh, and then she'll probably go to the Champion Sprint on the final day of the Flemington Carnival as well. So, look, I think she's the best sprinter in the country and she's not actually in the Everest, which is a talking point in itself, but she's certainly one horse not running this weekend that we should be following later on in the spring. Okay, yeah, and, and what is the divide like? I mean, obviously, the, this uh, the Everest is in its uh, infancy. I mean, it's raced a couple of times uh, so far. Um, how, how, I mean, you had to find a spot on the calendar, of course. Of course, um, has it fitted in nicely, or is the rivalry between Melbourne and Sydney just heated up because of it? <laughs> oh, it does split the best two states. Um, the Manicato has been a race that's. Uh, sort of felt the brunt because usually it has been sort of within seven days of the of the Everest. It's uh, a bit different this year. I think it might be a 13-day gap, which does allow sort of horses from the Everest to come back to Melbourne and, and run in that Manicato uh, if they if they recover. But uh, yeah, it has it has certainly caused some angst that it's uh, splitting the best talent between states, but. You know, from Peter Volandi's perspective, it's been a huge success for New South Wales racing, and I think it's the second most bet race in the country behind Melbourne Cup Day. So that that sort of says how much it's uh, made an impression in its. I think it's six or seven years now that it's been up and running. Yeah. Do you see any more changes uh, coming? I mean, I know, I know uh, we mentioned off air that the, the thousand guineas has moved. Uh, well, it used to be on the Wednesday. Uh, but then it moved to, to this weekend usually, but now it's moved to the end of the carnival. Um, do you see any more movement for the races, or uh, do you think um, everyone's sort of settled on what it is now? No, I think that, I think both states will constantly uh, be looking to improve their carnivals, and with 
yeah, as you mentioned, the thousand guineas moving to the end of the the end of uh, well, well after Cup Week. I think it's Saturday, November eighteen now, which must be a week after Champions Day. Uh, I think there's an opportunity for racing to try and take advantage of that clean air. And you know, even I'm sure you guys are talking about Trade Week this week. Footy Footy season seems to. Uh, take centre stage and, and racing gets its run after grand final day but even with sort of the trade period taking up another week or two of uh, you know the ages back page and um, sporting pages racing you know sort of is looking to capitalise on this pre-air so if they can extend into sort of November and early December that's that's something they're all you know, in Victoria and, and New South Wales are trying to achieve. Yes, and, and speaking of you know, changing all up, I think it was, it was uh, last year, this time last year, or maybe it was even after the Cardinal, that uh, the Cox Plate was even hinted at moving spots. I mean, I absolutely love it where it is at the minute, but even that is uh, subject to change. And that was part of the point. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, November has all this clear air from a sporting calendar perspective. It's not up against footy. Cricket um, doesn't really get into full swing until early December. So can racing really take advantage of the interest it gets during cup week? Because as it stands now, we sort of get to cup week. And then the interest from uh, those punters that are sort of once a year punters or or not um, hard and fixed racing fans, their interest sort of drops off after cup week. So Cox Plate um, was proposed to move. Yeah, it's similar time to where the Thousand Guineas is. That didn't get up, but they had moved the Thousand Guineas. I uh, have some other races that you know aren't Group One level, but they've, they've put some money into uh, having a few more uh, key Saturday events after Cup Week to try and keep that um, keep that interest going over over the spring. Right, right, yeah. Let's let's now over to uh, Damien. We're talking to Damien Ratcliffe uh, from the Age, uh, the the chief uh, horse racing journalist there. Um, now uh, let's let's start locally. Let's start at Caulfield for the for the Caulfield Guineas, such a prestigious race and one to to kick off the Spring Carnival. How are we how are we looking at this one? Yeah, well, as you mentioned, cracking race. You usually see some very good three-year-old colts that are looking to really underline their future as stallions and, and militarise it doesn't get um, much better as far as what he's been able to do so far in his career, he's won two group ones as a two year old and comes out of the Golden Rose which is generally a great form guide for this Caulfield Guineas, I know Animo didn't win the Golden Rose but you know was an eye catcher in that race and came here and won the Guineas I think Ole Kirk did the double as well and both are now set up and start and militarise ticks all those boxes as well uh, winning winning the Golden Rose beating the likes of NCAT there uh, I think Cylinder ran in the Golden Rose and, and is uh, running in uh, the Everest on Saturday so that's the right form uh, but clearly the, the key competitor is Step Party unbeaten in five starts so far so while Step Party probably hasn't been at that same Group 1 level that Militarise has every challenge that gets put in front of um, him, he, he seems to meet and, and pass. So there's a reason why these two are top of the um, top of the market. And then you've got a horse like King Colorado who has competed against the, the older horses and uh, and then the ones that are, haven't really matched um, Step Party but have been behind him for like a Shelight V8 and Centrify that they're also in the market but I find it hard to go past Militarise based on that form based on the Golden Rose generally being the perfect 
lead up race and two dollars eighty I think's pretty good odds and we might even see him go on to a Cox plate if he's able to win on the weekend, uh, do what Animo did after he won the Caulfield Guineas go on to the Cox plate and Animo was beaten uh, in a photo finish with uh, State of Rest that year. Yeah, so now I've got Miller Trials, as you mentioned, trained by Chris Waller. I mean, do you find it amazing that he just keeps popping up and just training these horses to win year after year? I mean, it's an incredible record that he's got. Uh, absolutely, but you can, yeah, you can't underestimate that he gets his hands on some very good horses. I think Miller was a $550,000 yearling purchase at uh, Magic Millions last year, so uh, I don't think it's any surprise to see this horse reach the heights it has. Um, uh, of course, it's like a ticket in the lottery. There's no guarantees it's going to be a winning ticket, but uh, Chris Waller's got a great system. He follows tried and true paths, and he loves following a winning recipe, and the Golden Rose into the Caulfield Guineas has been a winning recipe. Oh, very good, very good. And just a word on the Everest, mate. I ended up in Sydney. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, open race. Uh, one of the key chances I wish I win, who... Uh, won the TJ Smith at this track and distance in the order. Strong Barrier 1, which makes it a little bit sticky given he is a horse that likes to get back and run on, so he's going to need a little bit of luck um, in that race. I think think it's pretty open. Last year's winner, Giga Kick, isn't there this year. He's out injured at the moment. As I mentioned with Imperatrice, she's probably the best sprinter in the country and she's deciding to stay in Victoria. So it leaves it as a pretty even bunch. Um, think about it is the favourite uh, has won 10 races out of 11 so there's probably deserved to be favourite but again this will be the best race it's it's stepped up and competed in. The two I like are third, third and fourth in the market. Private Eyes won a winner last start and actually ran really well in this race. Might have run second in the Everest last year to Giga Kick uh, and the other horse is Cylinder, who is a three-year-old, as I mentioned, comes out of that golden rose, and the three-year-old's been uh, a great recipe in the Everest. Giga Kick was three-year-old last year with um, with the no weight, and um, or with a very little weight. I think Cylinder carries 53 kilos under the weight for age scale. And yes, 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 also won the Everest as a three-year-old as well. So generally a great guide. I, I think Cylinder's just as well as accomplished as, as Giga Kick and... Uh, yes, yes, yes. So, mm. look, I think private eyes around six dollars, cylinders around eight fifty. I'm going to sort of have bets on both, um, sort of half stake each, and bet around. I wish I win. I think he's got a challenge from Barrier One, and and think about it. I'm going to take him on on as well. But it wouldn't surprise me to see. Think about it. Win. It's just the nature of the race. It's a very even race. Yes, definitely, Damien. If there's one thing you're looking forward to this spring carnival, well, what's what is it? What's the one race that you're sort of looking forward to the most? Oh, look, Joel. I always love Cox Plate Day. I just think it's the best. Um, you know, wait for age, middle distance horses meeting on the on mm-hmm. the same stage. The Golden Eagle the last few years has taken away from that because they they do attract some of the very good four year olds up there. And you know, talking about great horses, Amelia's Jewel runs in the Turak on the weekend, and, and the connections are still deciding whether they actually want to head from the Turak to the Golden Eagle back to 1500, which mm. is probably her preferred trip, or actually take on the challenge of a Cox Plate, which um, is going to be no no mean feat. Um, the Gold Trip was a really nice winner on the weekend in the Turnbull, and he's um, like he looks like a really really good thing for perhaps the Caulfield Cup or the Cox Plate, depending which 
direction they head and mm. then you've got on weekend on the weekend uh, a mile race in Sydney where the likes of Mr Brightside are going to run there and probably come back to Melbourne for the Cox Plate so look the Cox Plate's always a great race and then I think what the what the VRC have done with uh, Champions Day on the final day of, of Cup Week with, with the Champions Sprint the Champions Mile and the Champions Stakes I think that's that's the one race day now that doesn't uh, clash with Sydney. I think we we do see the best of the best head to Flemington on that final day. You get the best jockeys, the best horses, uh, and that was a real success first time round last year with with the way they did that. So there are a couple of highlights to watch out for, and and then obviously the Melbourne Cup. We haven't really spoken about the Melbourne Cup at all, and it's sort of funny we've we've been talking about the Everest, and yet uh, the Melbourne Cups long been the race that we're focused on this this spring. So. Yeah, we've got some exciting races coming up. Well, we certainly do. We certainly do. It's going to be huge spring now. Tell us, Damien. Nah, we need to leave you. We need to leave uh, with some tips from you. Um, it's obviously a huge weekend. Uh, you've gone through the the two big races, uh, but uh, anything else uh, that we can set our eyes on? Yeah, well, I mentioned that mile race at Randwick. It's a it's the old um, George Main. It's now called the King Charles. Um, after our great king uh, mile race I think it's worth five million dollars and look Mr Brightside's going to be a, a short favourite in that race uh, he's two dollars twenty five and Fangirl seven dollars they're, they're clearly the two look I think there's probably a little bit more value around Fangirl she's drawn a good barrier this time uh, yeah, she's had a bit of bad luck with barriers, but James McDonald and Chris Waller, as you mentioned, are always a great combination. So, look, you're getting two dollars twenty-five from Mr. Brightside to win, or two dollars thirty for Fangirl to place. So I'm pretty keen on on Fangirl as an each-way bet in the in the new King Charles the Third Stakes. Oh, righto, fantastic! And just a quick word, Damien Oliver. This is, of course, his last. Uh, you know, Spring Carnival, he'll retire at the end of this. I mean, how big has he been for this sport? Uh, well, his nickname's the GOAT for, for one reason. He's, mm-hmm. Yeah, he's literally been the greatest jockey I think we've had over the last 25 years, without doubt. Multiple Melbourne Cups, multiple Cox Plates, multiple Caulfield Cups. Uh, his record in derbies and on derby days um, unparalleled as well. He's uh, he's achieved all there has to achieve. He's, the last few years, it's been a bit harder due to weight. He hasn't been able to get on some of the lighter weight horses, which which does make life tough, um, especially in the cups. He's got a he's only got a few select horses he's, he can actually ride. But um, yeah, I don't think anyone would understate what he's achieved, and I think everyone looks back to what he what he did on Media Puzzle. I think it was two thousand and two to to win under adversity just a week after his brother passed away um, I think uh, well they made a movie about it so I don't think he gets understated what he was able to achieve there and, and then to win another Melbourne Cup with Fiorente and Gay Waterhouse was um, pretty special as well it was it was well look uh, Damien we'll leave it there buddy um, hopefully have a, the best weekend you can possibly have and uh, the spring carnival of course the age will keep you nice and busy so no partying for you but uh, good luck uh, with everything mate Pleasure, Jack. Joel, thank you. Well, thank you. Damien Ratcliffe there from The Age. Uh, he's the Chiefs of, uh, horse racing correspondent, journalist there, which is fantastic. And he's, uh, he's very willing with his time.